Welcome to a new episode of the Upper Room Church Podcast. Let's join Pastor Johnson as he shares another life-changing message. Well, let's look at the word of the Lord today. I have a word for you. And the word today, I want to talk to you today just a little bit. Uh, I, I hope I can get into the teach mode if the Lord allowed me to go that way. The, the word for the day is steadfast, unmovable. That's what I want to talk to you today about being steadfast. We're living in a day and time where people, um, it's just all over the place. They up, they down, they all around. But I want to pray to you to pray to you and teach to you today about what the scriptures teach us about being uh, steadfast. Now, if you turn with me to 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, the Apostle Paul is talking to the uh, Corinthian saints, and he encouraging uh, the brothers and the sister at the Corinthians church uh, how they ought to be. And he's giving his testimony, and then he goes on into a, a great word of advice. 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, and looking at verse 57, 58. 57 said, but thanks be to God. You know, he, he always gave God the glory, always God give God the praise. And that's, that's a, a, a big thing with us. We got to always give God glory and thanks. No matter whatever it is, whatever it is, whatever we're going through, always Thanks be to God. So Paul said right here in verse number 57, he said, but thanks be to God. No matter what they was experienced prior, he said, but thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul is not, how do we get the victory? Those of you that uh, have uh, gotten a victory or living a victorious life, how did you get there? How did my life get the way it is right now? I thank God I'm living a victorious life. My life is not defeated. What about yours today? We're not living a defeated life. It's victorious. So Paul said, all the things, don't go to me. It's not about me. Nothing that I've done. All the things, all the glory be to God that he had blessed us to live a victorious life in Christ right down here on this planet Earth. All right. Uh, who giveth us the victory? Nothing. We we we're not servants of uh, the world. We're servants of Christ, and we're not servants of things. Uh, we're servants of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I thank God for this thing that He have given me victory over in my life. At one time, there was things that controlled me. There was things that had me wrapped up and tied up. But the Lord gave me victory. Thanks be to God. And I've gotten this victory through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But notice verse 58. He gets down into, now God gave us a victory through Jesus Christ. But he said, check this out, brother. He said, but therefore, since he gave us, us a victory, therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast. There it is right there. Brethren, be ye steadfast. Talk to the brother right here. Now, now he's not leaving sister out. When you said brother, you understand. You just can't call everybody's name. But when you talk to the brother, he's talking to the sisters also. Y'all follow me? So he's all right, brethren. Be ye uh, 
therefore steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. That's very, very important. That's, 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 that's the goal of every Christian life. Should be every Christian's life. Be ye steadfast. Steadfast. Always abounding. Y'all see what it said there? Steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in what? In the work of the Lord. In other words, when it comes down to the work of the Lord, I'm, I'm just steadfast. And I, and I look this word steadfast up for you. It means unwavering, unwavering. Always, always, brothers and sisters, always strive to be unwavering. You know, some folks, just, you hear the song say, I'm sometime up and I'm sometime down and I'm sometime level with the ground. God wants to be steadfast, steadfast. I thank God for the steadfastness that he has placed in my heart in my mind and in my life I'm steadfast not wavering I'm not over here and over there somebody say anywhere which way the wind blow is alright with me no it's not alright with me I'm not going to have the wind blowing me all over the place I'm not going to live that way You ain't gonna be, I'm not going to be here and I'm not going to be there now those of you that have been reading Psalms 1 Remember, there's a verse in Psalm 1 and said they are the ungodly are not so, but they are like the shaft which wind drives away. So the ungodly people are here and there and they everywhere. They're all over the place. But God people are stable. They are steadfast. They are unwavering. My uh, song said, I got my mind made up to serve the Lord. Amen, somebody. My mind is made up. Unwavering. That's what steadfast means. Unwavering. And then it says unwavering and unremovable. Now that, that's an awesome word right there. Unmovable. Unmovable. The Paul said to the Corinthians, I want you to be un, unmovable. Isn't that something? Unmovable. Now look at that word, not able to be moved. So don't let anything, anybody uh, uh, move you away from the gospel of Jesus Christ. I thank God for this unwavering faith, this unmovable faith that he has allowed us to have on today. Then he goes on to say, the latter part of the verse, check this out. He said, uh, always abounding. Y'all see that? Always, God bless you, my brother. Always abounding. And that word abounding means abundance, abundance, abundant life. He wants us to live abundant life, very plentiful. The Christian life is a life of abundance. We live in an abundant life, always abounding, always increasing. One scripture says, ever increasing faith. That's the life of God's people. Ever increasing, always abounding. Are we abounding this morning? I'm, I'm, and I'm, somebody said, I'm getting better and better and better. That's what we want to be. We don't, we don't want to get worse. So can, can somebody say, Lord, I thank you. I'm getting better. I, I, I know how it used to be. I know how it was. Thank God I'm getting better. I'm increasing. Increasing. I'm getting better and better and better. Uh, every day with Jesus is what? Better than the day before. It gets better as we go. Lord knows it does. Now, I, I can thank God and appreciate God today for my Christian walk because it's, it is getting better and better as I go. 
So I, I know when we first started out, the road was a little rocky, you know, because we had to adjust to this life. We had to get adjusted to people and adjusted to things, our new life in Christ. So it was a little bumpy. Yes, it was a little rough. The road was rough, but just now, when the longer you stay with God, the smoother the ride becomes. Can you say amen, somebody? Oh, it's a smooth ride now. We're on our way. Amen. The car has been broken in. Amen. And we we in for some good riding in the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's what abounding means. Amen. Ever increasing faith, abundant, very, a very plentiful. He said, but always abounding in the work of the Lord. But check that out. The message is being steadfast. If we can get the people of God just to be steadfast, I know it, it, it takes something uh, for God to settle us down. You know, it, it, it takes God a while to be to get us settled down in the faith and rooted and grounded in Him. This don't come overnight. This ain't no fly by night thing. This come by a uh, 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 prayer and fasting and and, and stick it to it. Amen. Staying with the word and staying with God. Amen. God knows how to settle us down. Amen. Somebody. So he said, uh, be steadfast. Very, very important. Living in a world that we living in today, people are not steadfast. They can't hold on to anything long. Amen. Not, not no more than talking about holding on to the faith. Amen. But God said, be steadfast. Amen. I watch some folks' lives, and, and I see that they really hadn't got settled down yet. I've seen folks, man, they move about 15 times one year. They move here, they're there two months, three months, then they move, and they move again, and move again, and move again, and move again. After a while, they're going to find their nest somewhere where they can just settle down and say, this is home. I ain't moving no more, y'all. So God have to bring you to that point where you, till you find, find yourself and find where you supposed to be. It's good to know. It's good to know your place, right? And when you know your place and find your place, I'm telling you, ain't no place like your place. Ain't no place like home. So root it and ground it. He said, brethren, I want you to be steadfast. Steadfast, that's the word today the Lord put drop in my spirit. He said, be steadfast. Be steadfast. All right? Unwavering, unwavering. Because you James picked it up. And now Brother James said he did he did he did wave is like the wave of the sea. Amen. You ever went down and saw the waves on the river? Amen. They just old ripples of the ripple effect just here and there. That's why some folk life is. Lord, I don't want my life to be like the waves on the river. I mean, because there's a lot of uh, uh, ripple effects, especially when the wind is blowing. Just imagine somebody's life is like that today. Amen. The way the sea is the, the, the waves on the river, the waves in the sea, just the ripple. Oh, that's a terrible, that's an upset, that's a very upset life to live. And I refuse to have a life like that. I don't want my life like that. I want my life to be calm. Y'all listen to what I'm saying. I want my life to be calm. I want my life to be nice and smooth. I don't like a lot of bumps in the road and don't like a lot of disturbance and definite, uh, uh, definite uh, a lot of drama. No, I'm not with the drama thing. Amen. God give us a smooth sailing when we stay and become rooted and grounded and steadfast in him. Now, look down a little further in the same book, Corinthians, the 16th chapter. I want to go there to the 16th chapter. Paul continued to uh, encourage the saints here 
about this steadfastness and this firmness uh, and this uh, 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 not able to be moved, unwavering faith, in the 16th chapter, he continued. The 16th chapter, and take a look at verse number uh, 5, all right? Y'all see it? 16 and verse 5. Praise the Lord. Bless you, my brother. Uh, 16 and 5, Paul said, uh, Corinthians 16, chapter, verse number 5, he goes on. Now, Paul, in this particular chapter, Paul is giving his uh, his itinerary uh, to the Corinthians. And this is what he's telling them about his itinerary, you know, his schedule, where he's going to be, and he, he got to do some traveling. So here in verse 5, he began to give the Corinthian church a little taste of his itinerary. In verse 5, it says like this, Now I will come unto you uh, when I shall come through Macedonia. For uh, I do pass through Macedonia. So this is his itinerary. I'm going to come and see you, Corinthians, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to pass through Macedonia. And when I get through coming through Macedonia, visiting the saints in Macedonia, I'm going to come and see you, Christians, there at Corinth. Uh, and when I pass through uh, Macedonia, y'all see it? And verse number six says, And it may be that, uh, that I will abide, yea, and, uh, and winter with you, that you may bring me on my journey whatsoever I go. So what Paul is saying here in verse number 6, his itinerary, he said, now I got to travel through Macedonia. And when I get through traveling through Macedonia and visiting the saints there in Macedonia, I'm going to come and visit you uh, saints there at Corinth. Uh, and, and, and it may be that I might abide with you all. I might stay the whole winter. You know, I don't know if the Lord's will, if he allowed me to stay a winter with you uh, stay the fall to weather break, then I set sail and I'll go visit some saints somewhere else. He said, I might stay the whole winter uh, there with you. And then after that, and then he said that you may uh, bring me on my journey whatsoever go. Then you all can send me off to uh, wherever my next uh, journey may be. Verse number seven said, for I will not see you now by the way, but I trust to tarry a while with you if the Lord permits. So if the Lord uh, allow me, when I get to Corinth, uh, I, I plan to stay a little while if the Lord will permit it. That's what he's saying here. Y'all follow me? Verse number eight, but I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost. Now, the, the great feast day of Pentecost is coming up. Paul said, well, when I get to Ephesus, I'm going to spend the holiday Pentecost there uh, with the saints there because it's coming up. And verse number nine said, he said, I, I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost for a great door and an effectual is open unto me and there are many adversaries. So what Paul is saying in verse number 9, I'm coming to Ephesus, Lord willing, I, I look forward to getting there and, uh, and, and spending some time because that great holiday is coming up called Pentecost. And he, he says in 9, said, for a great door, an effective door is open unto me. In other words, he's saying a great opportunity has presented itself to me on, on, on Pentecost to really preach the gospel to a lot of people because Pentecost is a great holiday and people are going to be gathered everywhere and so Paul is saying this is a great opportunity for me to preach to some of the saints to some of the people there uh, at Ephesus coming up this holiday of Pentecost then he said for a great door and you know we praying God bless us you know every church need a great door open for them I'm praying, God, Lord, open my door. Somebody said, Lord, open my door. You know, when God opened the door for you, I tell you, you can walk into blessings after blessings after blessing. Yes, 
That is my prayer on this morning that God will open some doors for you that have been closed in your faith. And Paul said, a great door, an effective door, opportunity has been opened unto me that I might share the gospel. Then he goes and said, uh, but there are many adversaries. There are many folks out there that said, Lord, open the door for you to have opportunity. Just remember, just as many uh, uh, doors God opened, the devil Throw all he always gonna throw a monkey wrench in something. He always gonna be in the way to try to block, to try to hinder, try to slow down. But keep this in mind: he can never stop God's blessing. He can never hinder you uh, 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 from walking to the blessing that God has in store for you. Oh, he can dig ditches and all that kind of stuff and cause problems. But 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 what God has for you, my brother, and what God has for me, uh, is for you. And it is for me, and we will walk in, and we will receive it. So, Lord, I thank you. I'm going to walk into my blessing. That, that don't mean stumbling blocks won't be in my way. Yes, it will. Yes, it will, but I'm going to get what's mine. And what's mine is mine, and what's yours is yours. So Paul said now to the Corinthians, saying, when I get to uh, Corinthians, I got to go through Macedonia. Then I'm going to stop in Ephesus because Pentecost is coming up. And an opportunity for me to win souls for Christ is there because there will be much gathering of the people. But, but at the same time, I realize that the adversary are many. Don't you know, brothers and sisters, your adversaries are many. Don't ever for one moment think that you don't have adversaries. Don't think for one moment that you don't have enemies. If somebody always don't want you to walk into what God wants you to have. Amen. Now it goes on loaded verse number 10. Now if Timothy's come, uh, see that he may be uh, with you without fear. Now here's Paul is talking about to the Corinthian church. He said now he's coming and Timothy may come, but he said now if Timothy come, See that he may be with you without fear. For he worked the work of the Lord as I do also. Y'all see what he said? He worked the work of the Lord as I also do. So Paul said, now, I'm coming to you, Corinthians, just talk to you and, and be with you and share the word of God and, uh, and impart some blessing. And Timothy is coming also. And when he come, uh, I pray that he can be among you without fear. Why, 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 why are you saying this, Paul? I pray that Timothy can be among the saints at Corinth without fear. He said that because Timothy was a young minister. And he was saying, I want this young minister to come among you and, and not feel intimidated because he's a young pastor, a young minister. Let him come among you without fear. Receive Timothy when he comes because he worked the work of the Lord just like I do. He's a man of God just like I am. He may be young. You know, sometimes we look down on the young ministers and say, well, they don't know very much, don't know this. And, but you know what? The Bible said, the praises of God are calmly in the mouths of babes. God used young people, and he can use them in a mighty way. Don't look down on a young person. So Paul taught Timothy. He said, Timothy, let no man despise thy youth. Don't let them work. Don't let them, don't let them make you feel intimidated because you're young. And, and you know, and I can relate to that myself. Uh, years ago when I was a young pastor, a uh, young minister among the elders and the bishop, I never felt intimidated among these guys. I never did because I had a good teacher. 
I had a good teacher, and he taught me well, and I never felt intimidated. Okay, matter of fact, I feel like some of them was intimidated by what I knew. Yeah, can you say amen or something about it? But I wasn't. I felt just at home among the bishop, among the elder, whoever, the apostle, whoever he might have been. I felt just at home because I was a minister in the body of Christ. So he said, now, Timothy, Timothy, if he come, see that he may not, uh, that he can come without fear, for he worked the work of the Lord as I also do. Then he goes on and says in verse number 11, let no man therefore despise him. Don't, don't look down on Timothy. When he come to you all now, uh, but conduct him, conduct him, uh, him uh, forth in peace that he may come unto me for I'll look for him uh, with the brother. Uh, conduct him uh, and let him come forth in peace. Receive Timothy. So uh, he said, for when he come unto me, when he come back home to me, his teacher, his pastor, uh, for I'll look to see him. Let him come back uh, 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 being, uh, uh, have that assurance that you all have received him. Let him not come back home and say, well, uh, pastor, I went to them and they didn't receive me. They just looked at my youth and looked at my, my face that I was young and they just wouldn't receive what I was saying. So Paul said, y'all don't make Timothy feel like that. Receive this young man. Receive him. What he's doing is great. No matter what it is. When Paul can read the scripture, receive Paul just like you receive the scripture when I read it. Y'all follow what I'm saying? Because he's he doing the work of God just like I am. And we, we don't look down on uh, our people because of their age, their statue, their height, their degree, uh, their walk of life. You're doing the work of God. It's the work of God. Can you say man, somebody? The work of God is the work of God no matter who's doing it. It's the work of God. Y'all follow what I'm saying? So this is what Paul is telling the, the Corinthian saint. He said, when Timothy come, y'all y'all conduct him forth in peace, that he may come unto me when he come back home, for I look for him with the brethren. In verse number 12, he says, as touching our brethren's uh, apostle, I greatly desire him to come with you, uh, with the brethren, but his will was not at all uh, at this time, uh, but he will come when he shall have convenient time. Now, this brother he's talking about was Apollos. Now, Apollo was a mighty man in the scripture. Now, Paul was going to see the Corinthian saints, and he desired Apollos to come with him, but at this particular time, he, he had other engagement, so Apollo couldn't come. So he said he couldn't come, but he will come when he have a better convenient time. But Timothy will come, and when Timothy come, y'all make sure you receive him. Okay? And now, now, now very, verse number 13 is very, very interesting because he really, he really addressing uh, this text here to the brethren to make sure that they get it. For Timothy, because he worked the work of God like I do, and Apollos, I want him to come, but not at this time, but I'm coming after I leave Ephesus. Now, verse 13, he said, watch ye. Somebody said, watch. He said, watch ye. Uh, stand fast in the faith. Very, very important because we're talking about being steadfast. He said, watch ye. Stand fast in the faith. Then he said, quit you like men. Y'all see that? So he talked to the brother. He said, now, brethren, brethren, among, above all, I really want you all to act like men. You know, men don't act like men no more. Men are weak. Men are just, I mean, they, God wants us men to take charge. Be the man. You, you the man, be the man. 
So this is what he telling. This is what he telling those brethren there at the Corinthian church. He said, "Watch you now. You you watch and stand fast well in the faith and quit you like men. What do you act like a man? A man ought to act like a man. Can you say, man, somebody?" Be the man. Then another, another translation, I looked this verse up. He said, uh, act like man. Another translation said, play the man. Play the man. And this is what Paul is saying. Quit you like men. If we can just get our men folk to be men. Like in the old days when come up, our dads and they were they were men and, and they took care of business. Men's be men. That's what Paul is saying. He said, now you watch and you stand fast. You be strong. You be the man. You are in charge. You are the head of the house. You are the breadwinner. Well, thank God for the money that she makes, but you are the main man. And, and at the end of the day, when the dust has settled, when, when they come for somebody, they're coming for you. Can you say amen, somebody? When they're coming for somebody to come to my house, they're coming for me. They're not coming looking for Sister Johnson. They won't see me. Amen, somebody. And so Paul is telling these Corinthians, he said, now, you men, you act like men. Quit you like men. Act like a man. You are a man, act like one. Now, now I know in this day's society and time, you get in trouble for that. They will call that hate speech because they don't want you to tell a man be a man. They don't want you. To, they don't want to hear talk like that no more. Well, let a man be what he want to be. But now he's men need to be men's. They they call you man. That's hate speech. That's you. What the word they said? A misogynist. Uh, you know, phobia or some kind of all they got all these words coming up that you are now when you don't go along with they plan. So here, this is not hate speech, but it's just saying, Miss, y'all stand up, take care of business, take care of the house, take care of your family, take care of the church at Corinth. You don't look for the women. Thank God for the work that the women do in the church. Thank God for them and the role that they play. But you men, don't sit back and let them do everything. Don't sit back and look for them to do everything. You all act like men. Paul had a lot of women working and helping him in the ministry. And thank God for the women that work with him and help him get the word out. Thank God for the ladies that help keep me here in this ministry. Those that help me in every which way that I need help. You know, uh, financially, spiritually, and through prayer and, and, and getting the word out. Thank God. Thank God. I'm going to show you something here in a moment. Now he said now, he said, you, you men act like men. And then he said, be strong. Somebody said, be strong. Because our men just weak now. They're just weak. I mean, anything goes. They don't want to stand up. They don't want to be hard when it comes down to discipline. They don't want discipline and cheering. They'll let the mama go on there and let, you, let your mama talk to you. No, man, you take care of that problem. You take care of that problem, brother. Amen. Let mama love on him, but you take care of that problem. All right. Now, verse 14 says, now, now, then he goes on to say, he said, let all your things be done with charity, brothers. That's love. Now, check out verse 15. We're talking about being steadfast, steadfast and unmovable. That's what we need today in today's society. Verse 15 says, I beseech you, brethren, you know the house of Stephanus, that it is the first fruit of a chaos. And that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. Now, I want to just elaborate on this particular verse right here, uh, right here in particular. He said, now, I, I beseech you, brother, I'm begging you, 
uh, brother, uh, you know the house of Stephanus. Now, when I, I looked up brother, this brother right here, Stephanus, to see who he was, Stephanus was one of the first convert that Paul uh, uh, converted to Christianity there in Greece. When Paul went to Greece to preach the uh, gospel of Jesus Christ, Stephanus and his family were the first one that became a Christian. That's what Paul is saying right here. He said, now you know the house of Stephanus. Now let me show you something about. And that, 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 that is, uh, he was the first fruit of Achaia. The first fruit, the first one. And, and Paul, matter of fact, Paul baptized Stephanus himself. So they had a, a very personal relationship. The pastor baptized him. You know, you go to most churches, pastor don't baptize nobody. The deacon brothers do it. But Paul, the apostle Paul, baptized Stephanus himself. And he was the first one of the first members that became the first Christian in, in, the, in the Greece church there in Greece, uh, at Achaia. And notice what he said later there. And they, and they have addicted themselves. Y'all see the word addictive? You don't hear that word used very much in a positive sense. When we hear the word addicted, it always uh, relates to something negative. That they were addicted to drugs. They were addicted to alcohol. They were addicted to uh, pornography. They were addicted to this and cigarettes and that. You know, uh, they were addicted to something that, you know, that wasn't good for them. But here Paul says, Stephanus in his house, the first members that got baptized... They were uh, they was addicted. They addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. And so what he's saying, they were addicted to helping the saints get saved and helping the church grow. So what I want to say about verse 15 is every church needs a Stephanus and family. Somebody get in there and help the church. Push it. Help Pope Pastor. Help him do what he's trying to do. Every pastor look forward to and need a Stephanie. Somebody get in there and help out. As a matter of fact, as it goes on, uh, the history said that Stephanus at one particular time that the church here at Corinth was falling apart. And they were talking about breaking up and all kind of things were going on in the church. And, and Stephanus went to his pastor Paul because he traveled. He made a special trip to Paul and told him what was going on in the church. And Paul wrote a letter back to the Corinthian church and told those Corinthian people, he said, now you receive Stephanus and y'all be obedient to Stephanus. Stephanus rose up to be a prominent leader in the church. Amen. And Paul asked the church right here, notice what he said right here. Let me finish the text. He said he, they addicted themselves to the measure of the saint, helping the saint in verse 16 said that you submit yourself unto such. Submit yourself unto Stephanus and to everyone that happy with us and labor. So Paul telling the Corinthian church, you submit yourself to Stephanus and everybody that labor with me, everybody that helping me in the ministry. Imagine the Corinthian church. Y'all obey these folks. Listen to them. Because they helping me. They helping hold the church together. They were planted by God in the church to help the people be strong, to help the saints be steadfast. And he wrote that letter of urgency to the Corinthian church. Listen to Stephanus, one of my first converts. And he grew up to be a strong leader in the church. And he helped held that church together. You know every church needs some people in it to hold it together. I'm not talking about to tear it up. Uh, plenty of folks will come and tear the church up. Plenty of folks will come and lead members away. 
Well, we need we need a Stephanie that can that can gather the saints together and hold them together. Every pastor need a Stephanie in his church. Can you say amen, somebody? Be steadfast and unmovable. Come on, go with me just a little bit further here. Look at we're talking about uh, uh, being steadfast on today. Look at the book of Acts, Acts the second chapter. I'm not going to hold you very long. Acts the second chapter. Just want to teach just a little bit here, if the Lord allow. Acts the second chapter, and verse number thirty-six down to verse 40, 46. We're going to roll right on down through here briefly, okay? Acts the second chapter, and verse number thirty-six. Check this out. He said right here. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God had made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, Jew was shocked to find this out, that Jesus was both Lord and that he was Christ, Lord over all, and that he was Christ, the anointed one. They, they didn't know that he was the anointed one. They didn't know that he was over all, but God made him that way. Verse number 37 says, now, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. Why were they pricked? They didn't know that Christ was over all. But Christ is, he's all and in all and over all. Can you say amen about Christ is everything. God is everything, brothers and sisters. He is everything. And they didn't know that. If they had known that, the scripture said they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. What they did to Jesus, they did it in their ignorance. They did not know. They did not know. If they had known that he was God Almighty, coronated, in the flesh, wrapped up in flesh and came down and taught us his ways, they wouldn't have done what they'd done to the Lord of glory. They did not know. So when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts. Y'all see it? And they said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? God bless you. God bless you. He said, what shall we do? In verse 38, Paul gives them the answer. Then Peter, then Peter said, I mean, in verse 38, Peter gives them the answer. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Oh, that's a blessing right there. To receive God's spirit, to receive the, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Every believer need the gift of the Holy Spirit working and operating in his and her life. See, without the Spirit, oh, we, we're nothing. We just, we don't, just don't have a God. But when we have the Holy Spirit, it leads us and it guides us. It speaks to our mind when we are troubled, when we don't know what to do. The Holy Spirit can direct you and instruct you in the way that you should go. How many times I told the Lord, Lord, I don't know what to do. Anybody ever been there before? I've been there so many times. Lord, I don't know what to do. Lord, I, I just need a word from you. How many times have I been there? Somebody said, been there, done that. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and told me, this is what you need to do. This is why it's so important to have the Spirit of God in our life. It'll lead you in the right direction. Somebody said, and God won't lead you wrong. He'll never lead you wrong. You know, folk will lead you wrong. They'll tell you wrong. They'll steer you wrong. That's why the Bible said in Psalms 1, I encourage y'all to read it. Uh, uh, blessed is the man that walk not in the counsel of the ungodly. See, when you don't, don't walk in that counsel, but walk in the counsel of Almighty God. Always have an ear to listen to God. Listen to God. Y'all hear what I'm saying? 
Listen to God. One man told me the different different between listening to God and hearing God. See, a lot of folks hear God. And that's all they just hear. But when you listen to God, you move and you act upon what he tells you. I thank God I listen to him. If we can just get people to listen to us. Just listen to me. Just listen. That's all I say. Just listen to me. Some folks hear you. They'll hear you. And that's all they'll do. Just hear you. Y'all hear me? I hear you. But what you going to do about what you hear? Well, I hear you. I heard you. And that's all they're going to do. But when you listen to somebody, it really comes down. It, it, it soaks into your mind. It gets in your heart. And it makes you meditate. And, and, in, and you have a response. When you listen to somebody, you, you, you know, you got their ear. You got my attention. I'm listening. It's different than listening and hearing. Sometimes wife always tell me, you ain't listening to me. And Lord knows. I don't be. <laughs> Sometimes I don't be. I might be into what I'm doing, listening to TV. And then uh, uh, she reminded me, did you hear what I said? I said, no. A lot of times you ain't got my attention until, you, until I'm looking at you. When I'm looking at you face to face or your eye, we made eye contact, then I'm listening. But if you're talking and I'm looking at something, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not listening. I hear it, but I'm not listening. So it's the difference between hearing and listening. Always, uh, you know, back in the day, mama used to tell her, look at me, look at me. You hear what I'm saying? Look at me. Look at me when I'm talking to you. Now you I'm, you're listening now, right? <laughs> you better be listening because you might, get, you might get, get something upside the head there. You listening now. I'm looking at I We made eye contact. Listen at me. Look at me when I talk. Amen. Somebody. So here he said, here, look at back, back at the word of the Lord in verse number 38, he told him you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit that's going to lead you and guide you, give you guidance and instruction when you really need it. Verse 39 said, For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are for all, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. The promise of this Holy Spirit is unto you. I thank God for that promise that he had blessed us to, to receive and to have. The promise of his, his presence in our spirit, in our body. Amen, somebody. Verse number four, check this out. And with many other words did he testify and exhort saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. Now, brothers and sisters, this is key right here. This is so important. Uh, you know, you, he said now, uh, with many other words, he exhorted them and said, save yourselves. Somebody said, save yourselves. You know, your mama can't save you. Your daddy can't save you. You, you can't ride to heaven on your mama coattail. You, you, you got it. You, your mama showed you the way, but now you, you, got, you got to flap your wings and fly. I used to tell my granddaughter all the time when I was there for her and still there for her. I said, look, I'm trying to get you in position that I want you to fly. I want you one day, I want you to flap them wings. Oh, I'll be there for you. I'm going to give this for you. I'm going to do that for you when you need me. I'm going to be in your life. But I don't want you just to be totally dependent on me. I'm trying to set you up because one day I'm not going to be here. And I, I, I want to I make sure that you can flap those wings and fly. That's what every parent wants ch their child to be, to do, and, and to have. You know, you got to fly one day. Flap them wings. You know, one thing about birds and eagles, after so long, they kick the bird out the nest. You know, they go feed them, they bring them a worm, just feed them, and they just eating and getting full and fat. And after a certain long day, they just pick them up and kick them out the nest. And you know what? And sometimes the nest is high up in the air. And when they kick them out, the only thing for them to do is fly. You fly or you die. Are y'all listening to me? 
I'm tall. I'm saying something. You got to fly, or you got. And, and this world is set up and it's structured the same way. You gonna fly, or you gonna die. And, and, and our parents taught us they want us to flap our wings and fly. So I told my granddaughter the same thing. I want you to fly one day when I'm up in heaven. I want I, I can go to heaven and rest assured that my granddaughter is doing well. She can take care of herself. She ain't got to be begging nobody. She ain't got to be trying to borrow from nobody. You go to school and get your job and take care of yourself. Flap those wings, girl. Flap those wings. Y'all hear what I'm saying? That's what our parents want us to do. Flap those wings. Don't be feeling sad for yourself. I wish mama was here. Mama not here. She gone. Now what you going to do? Flap those wings. That's what mama want to see you do. Look at my child. She's soaring in life. Amen, somebody. So with many other words, you testify and exalt saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. The world is awful out here, y'all. Save yourself from this world. Don't get wrapped up. Don't get tangled up. Don't get mixed up in this crazy world. Save yourself from the world. We're going to live a wonderful, productive life in this messed up world. I don't know about y'all, but I'm going I'm to be flying and sailing uh, uh, all over, everywhere I want to go. Lord, help me to just sail. Help me to sail and soar in the sky high. Amen. I'm not going to let the problems of life weigh me down. Amen, somebody. I'm going to soar. I'm going to fly. Amen. It's, it's a better vision up there looking down than down here walking around. So uh, save yourself from the untoward generation. Verse 41 says, let's go on just a little bit further here. Then they that gladly receive the word, they that gladly receive his words, were baptized. And the same day they were added unto the church 3,000 So, Oh, this, this was a great revival right here. When they received the words of the apostles saying, save yourself, and said they, they, glad. they were just so glad back then to receive the word. People aren't glad for anything now. You tell them about the word and tell them about God and tell them about saving your life, be productive, live a good life, and God going to bless you. You know, people just not, they're just not glad about that. They're glad about other things. You, you talk about the party that's going to happen Friday night, they get glad about that. But, but when you talk about God's word, you know we need God. You really do. You will never be what be what you can be without him. Where, where will I be without God in my life right now? What will my life be like? What will my life be like without him? Minus him. I am, Paul said, I am what I am. What? By the grace of God. Y'all got it. You know it. I am what I am by the grace of God. I'm not what I am because of me, my ability, but by the grace of God, you, you are right now what you are. You could be worse than what you are, but by the grace of God, you are not. Amen. Are y'all listening to me? Yeah. Be steadfast and unmovable, always abound, always uh, in getting better and better in the Lord. So he said here, they that gladly received the word were baptized in about 3,000 souls. Man, that would fill a church up, wouldn't it? 3,000 souls added, amen, unto the Lord on that day. And verse 42 said, and, and they, here's where I want to get to. Verse 42 said, and they continue steadfastly. Somebody said continue. continue. Have you ever been watching a movie? They don't do it very much now. Movies used to come on back in the days, and it didn't go off, and they put on there to be continued. Y'all feel what I'm saying? They don't have very many movies like that now to be continued. They just go off now. I watch the movie. They go off now, and they just leave you hanging. Well, what's the rest of the show? Did, did he ever get off the island? <laughs> did they ever make it home? 
you know what? We watched Gilligan Island for a year and seemed like they just couldn't get off that island. Every opportunity for them to get off the island, it just failed. And, 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 and you know, it just was going on and on and on. So uh, he said, verse 42, and they continued steadfast. So we, we need, Paul is encouraging the saint, and Peter is encouraging the saint, that what we need to do, let's be steadfast and unmovable. So he said, and they continue, folk won't continue now. They'll leave it off. They was good, and they just, it just fell off. And this is what happened to our churches all over the country right now. We were doing well, they just fell off. And when they fall off, it's hard to get back on. It, it, it'll be years down the road before the churches ever get back to where they were. I heard a report just on last week, and I was listening to my family channel. They were saying every, every month, 50 to 100 churches go out of business. I said, that's awful. What's happening? They didn't continue. Somebody's not continuing. Somebody, they're just falling off, just falling off, just dropping off. The tenants just falling off, dropping off. They're not going. Why are these churches closed? 50 churches a month closing to 100 a month closing, going out of business. Why? Well, it's because they're not continuing. It ain't because the pastor don't want it to go on. The people just not continuing. And this is the message today that the Lord has given me in my heart to encourage you that we must be steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Now, notice what he said right here. All right. And verse 42 said, and they continue steadfastly in the apostle doctrine and in, in the uh, fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayer. Verse 43 said, and fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostle, and all that believed were together, and had all things common, and sold their possession and good, and parted them to all men, as every man had needed. Verse 46 again, and they continued, there it is there, again, and they continued daily with one accord. If we can just get this in our mind, that the early church, they continued. Daily, they continue in prayer and one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with singleness of heart. They ended the early church, continue. What about the latter church? Us, what about us today? We, we're not continuing. But the word today, the Lord gave the word, he said, preach that they should be steadfast, unmovable, always abound. Brothers and, church, brothers and sisters, it is important that we continue doing what we're doing for the Lord. Are y'all listening to me? It's very important that you and I continue. Don't stop doing it. You were doing fine. Paul said you were doing fine. What hindered you? What stopped you? What, who, who, who is that person that, that, that's stopping you from being the, the, the Christian that you were? The Christian that you were taught to be, that you were raised up to be? Who is that person? My cousin, <laughs> my brother-in-law, my next-door neighbor, uh, my, my, my sister, my, my, my favorite brother. Uh-huh. That's who that person is. Well, you need to get away from that person. If you can't, if you can't break loose and be your own man, uh, uh, mama used to tell us that every tub set on his own bottom. If you can't break loose and be your own man and follow what you know is right, then, then, then you need to break loose from something. You need, you need to do something. Y'all listen to me. So he said, and they continue daily with one accord 
in the temple. They was at the church. They continued at the church. Stay with what you know. Don't leave it off. Don't stop doing it because mama not here and mama not going anymore. Mama get everybody. Everybody get up. We're going to church today. We're going to church. Y'all get up. Going to church. Keep doing it. You were doing it. Mama was encouraging you. Dad was encouraging you. You were doing it. So why are you stopping now? Because she's not here. Are y'all listening to me? But the word today the Lord gave me was be steadfast, unremovable, always abound in the work of the Lord. Now, my last scripture. We're still in the book of Acts, the first chapter. Acts, the first chapter. All right. The first chapter of Acts. And take a look at verse number 12, 13, and verse number 14. Then I'm going to let you go. Check this out. But the early church, they continue. And this is the difference between the early church and the church today. We're falling off. We're not continuing. It's very important. Stick with what you know. Stick with what you know. You know what you know. Somebody say, I know what I know. Now stick with what you know. Y'all follow me? Stick with what you know. You know what you know. But we will just stick with what we know. Be steadfast. Uh, the first chapter Acts, verse number 12. Check this out. Give these folks name here. These are the saints of God. Uh, then, then returned they unto Jerusalem from the Mount called Olive, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. Y'all see it? Verse 13 said, And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where aboded both Peter, James were there, John's were there, Andrew were there, Philip were there, Thomas were there, Bartholomew was there, Matthew was there, James, the son of Aphias was there, and Simon uh, Zelotes was there, and Judas, the brother of James. They were all there. Verse 14 said, Then all these with one accord in prayer. Did I read that right? Oh, I didn't read that right, did I? Let me read it again. Then all, no, 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 not then, I'm sorry. These all with one accord, thank you. These all continued with one accord in prayer. I get it right then. <laughs> Blame it on my glasses, okay? These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and mother. Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brother. So all these brothers and sisters, but the, the message is, I want you to get in verse number 14. The name of the saints are in verse 13, but what they did is in verse 14, these all did what? They continued. That's the message. These all continued with one accord. That's the message for today. They all continued. In one, they, didn't, they didn't leave it all. They didn't drop off. The difference between the early church and the church today. The early church continue. The church today, we dropping off. We going the wrong way, y'all. Let's stick with what we know. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. God bless you. Give it to the Lord a hand of praise. Thanks, Pastor Johnson, for another amazing message. Make sure to join us next week for an all-new episode of the Upper Room Church Podcast. Until then, remember, encounter Jesus, echo hope, and dwell in love.